Hey, you guys. Welcome to 20 Days in Abroad podcast. Today is the host Carolina here, and I'm together with Laura. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello again, and thank you for having me. Um, my name is Laura, and I'm from Latvia, um, and I moved to London two years ago for my studies. Um, and my background is basically Latvian Russian, but my parents didn't want me to embrace the Russian side of it because they were scared that uh, children will bully me, but they did still. <laughs> I can relate um, to that. <laughs> they still did that because of my last name. Uh, it's clearly Russian, so I couldn't really run away from it. But uh, I was still doing all the Latvian activities, going to Latvian kindergarten, Latvian schools and everything, and has only Latvian friends. Um, and yeah, basically, they were trying to save me, but I don't think they really did because when they got a divorce, uh, yeah, when they got a divorce, I was 17. And only then I realized that, like, wait, it's still like, it's still me. I'm going to be forever half Latvian, half Russian. So I should embrace that side of me, which I did. And I'm glad I did. Um, and I, ever since then, I felt like I found the missing piece of myself. That's great. I'm glad to hear it because I, I obviously can relate to that story. I'm coming from Latvia. I'm also partly Russian. I'm coming from even a mix, more mixed background. So it was hard to admit it, but you can't escape it. So at some point, you just have to accept the fact and embrace it, as you said. I think it was very beautifully said. And Also, I believe that uh, you should listen to only to yourself, um, because back then I was affected by so many opinions that did not matter. Like even today, I can tell you, I'm not keeping in touch with any of them. And it's not because like I chose not to, it's just life, life happens. But so yeah, well, you should definitely I just... I think as a teenager, it's hard to think, uh, to only believe yourself, to think only to yourself, because you want to, you want to belong in some group, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. And I hope that like other like people that are listening that are young here, just know that at some point you won't just care be you. who your be classmates you. said about you, because in the future you'll be much further away because they only speak about you because you're better. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's the thing. That's the thing in Latvia. They're somehow afraid of being different or like showing off as different, like different race, different religions, and whatnot. It's like a forbidden topic. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> but I remember you were studying in Latvia in a very international school, wasn't it? Yes, that's actually a fun, fun story of my life. Um, so I was studying, it, it's like a vocational secondary school in Latvia, but if you would transfer the same diploma, let's say to UK's uh, educational system, it's an undergraduate degree. So basically, I have already an undergraduate degree in hospitality services here. Not but bad. anyways, right? I was like, wow, look at me, scoring <laughs> <laughs> high because it's a higher diploma uh, in Latvia and they don't have it here in UK. They only consider higher diplomas as undergraduate, master's degree and PhD. Um, so that's how, how I got, actually that's how I got in a higher um, level of law. So basically because I already have technically have a higher degree before that, they put me in a more advanced law degree here so I mean I, I can't complain I can't complain but yeah about the school so I came there uh, because to be honest I didn't really have other options I was I, I joined um, one of the schools in Latvia I'm gonna say names because <laughs> don't want to get in trouble but it was a disastrous school disastrous. <laughs> like most of them <laughs> It was disastrous. It was like one of the high-end schools, you would think. Uh, and I came there for three days. I was immediately taken back 
of what I like. I only needed three days. I could see what's going to happen. Uh, and I could barely get away from there because they, they wouldn't give me my papers back. So then only because I met a, like a, she wasn't really my friend. She was just, I knew her just like, I like, you know, it's Latvia, you know, people, you know, people without realizing how you know them. And I met this girl on the street and she was going to this international school and she was like, this is the best school you should go at. Like, why you're, why you're suffering? And I was like, yeah, right. Why am I suffering? Right? Why? So then after three days, I tried to like, tried to leave that previous school. Eventually I did. Um, and then I just came to the international schools like, hello, I just want to study here, but it's a private school. So then like which means you have to pay for it right and but then it had like all these opportunities like work placements internships uh, master classes and like courses over the years so it eventually pays off if you think a bit think about it it pays off uh, because you would either way you would have to get them somehow right um so i came to the school not no like i could i could I couldn't speak Russian for like, not, I don't think I could say even hi, or maybe I could, <laughs> but I quickly realized that it's a proper Russian school, not international. Oh, was it? Proper, I it was because, Latvian no, or English. English. Yeah, technically, but my degree, hospitality services, most of my lecturers were from either Uzbekistan, Russia, Tajikistan, like all, all Russian speaking countries. So I came to class. I don't know, like, imagine me, I can barely speak, let alone understand like difficult terms in hospitality business. And they're like talking about hospitality business. And so I quickly realized like, uh oh, but there is no time to change. Like I couldn't change anything anymore. So then the first year, uh, I realized that I just have to roll with it. Thank God. I had two classmates that could speak Russian, uh, Latvian. So th they were translating literally in this whole auditorium. This, uh, every lecturer, they, they were like, yeah, I can't be bothered with you, Laura. You don't speak Russian. It's already complicated for them. So they were trying to give me materials in English, but that's the thing. It's such such a niche industry, such a niche degree that they were like, yeah, we are trying, but we can't give you the same amounts as everyone else is learning. So you are left behind technically, right? But after a year, I learned, uh, I learned it enough to understand everything. And thank God to those two girls that were translating everything. Imagine like sitting shout in class, just <laughs> shout out, big shout out. <laughs> because imagine it's, it must be so annoying that you are trying to learn yourself and then you have it, you have to translate it to the girl next to you because they would take notes in Russian. Obviously I can't read Russian. So it, I just uh, bless them, bless them. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, basically I, I did the Erasmus plus internships. I went to Sicily, I went to Portugal and then I did six-month placement uh, in a restaurant in uh, Old Riga. So it was, it was a great, great experience. But that's one of the reasons why I decided to go abroad. is because at that time I was in a relationship. And, uh, I, I was <laughs> and again, I was in this comfort bubble. Imagine, like, my dad is paying for everything. I have a brand new car. I have... Um, have everything you I don't have to I don't have to do anything my parents just want me to get a degree and everything is served to me so I didn't I didn't want to leave that I was I was thinking of going to Denmark I even flew to Denmark for a week to you know test the waters if I like it or not if, I, if it's something I could even do decided that Denmark is not for me then <laughs> then I wanted to go to Germany that was a big thing I was almost sure that I will go to Germany didn't go there because I was still like at the back of my mind I was like but, but why do I leave this place right everything's already good why and um yeah and also I had a boyfriend at that time even though I said like okay we just started dating back then when I was still thinking about it so I was like ah 
just in case, I'm going to tell you that if I do decide to leave, I'm leaving. Because at that same time, I had a friend who had uh, also her parents were paying for everything. She didn't have to worry about things. And she had uh, she was going for um, doctors. So studying medicine in Netherlands, she got a placement, everything just go. And she didn't because she had a boyfriend. And so she didn't go. Everyone, all of her, her friends, all of us were so upset. We're like, it's a, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. Everything is, you just have to go. You just have to hop on that plane and go, just live your life. Um, and she didn't. And her boyfriend at that time, three months later, cheated on her publicly at a party. And then she was like, it was just so embarrassing. And she had to stay in Latvia because she oh, already started. Oh, no. She already started her degree in medicine. So Girls, she get said, education. Get education first. <laughs> get Boys will come around. So that was a real life lesson. Why I was like, there's no way a man will stop me. Um, but I was still silly me saying, yeah, no man will stop me, but I was still finding ways that I can quickly go back to Latvia. Like, just in case. I was not not thinking like, oh, this is a good educational like system or like this is where I would thrive as a person. No, I was like, oh, this is close enough to Latvia. I can still go back. I still can, I can still keep my car. I can still, you know, it was so hard for me to get out of that comfort zone. And then eventually... Um, I decided to go to London because I knew a girl that lived here. Um, and basically I was, it was very stressful to decide what I want to study and where, to, like not only what I want to study, but where to go. Because my dad already announced to me, he was like, there's no way you're staying. <laughs> so you better start checking those universities abroad because there's not a chance you're staying. And I was like, maybe I'll go around it. You know, I'm the baby. I'm the only girl. Maybe he will have a soft card. But he didn't. He didn't. He was like, get out. <laughs> go. I didn't. And then he was like, I didn't have that chance. And now is your age. Your brothers didn't have that chance. So why are you wasting your life now? But and you should like, oh, be so thankful now because shit. that's the no, best life lessons you could ever 100%, get. 100%. And also about that, why I started about this. In that international school, like I had rich kids everywhere to the point where it's like when I first started studying there, it was like I came to the school on my first day. They had like sports cars, Bentleys, Range Rovers, and I'm just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Doesn't speak a language. Doesn't make a I'm like, <laughs> and then I remember I came home, my dad was like, well, yeah, Laura, there will always be someone richer than you. So that stuck to me. And I was like, I was in a, that was a different world to me coming from like Latvians, you know, everyone like being very frugal to coming to like, basically all of them were like either Russian or like coming from Russian speaking countries, but all of them were extremely rich. Like they would change cars every like three months, six months, brand new car. So that's a completely different world, right? Yeah, it is I, completely. <laughs> when I was graduating, uh, I was thinking, surely everyone is going to university. Because like people were telling me, like, yeah, I want to go that, I want to go that, right? And then I didn't say, to, like, I didn't say I'm going to London. I was, I was like, I'm not going to jinx this. So I, for a year, uh, my mouth was shut. I did not speak of it. I was like, yeah, we'll see if anyone would ask me. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where life takes me. Blah, blah, blah. I already knew I'm going to London. And then literally in like last two months of, uh, before graduation, all of like most of them were like, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to go into, I don't know, music or TV or whatever, art. And their parents would say like, oh, so you don't want to be a doctor. So you don't want to be a lawyer. So they would just, I, I saw people getting kicked out of their families just because they didn't go for a doctor's degree, for lawyers, for all these elite kind of degrees, right? Engineering and whatnot. So they, like, I literally saw people who came from like Bentleys to living on, I mean, okay, not on a street, but like they were working 
which is ridiculous. I know it sounds ridiculous, but they were working like 12 hour shifts to pay off the bills. But I, I'm just thinking about the mentality where you are like at the top, you don't have to I worry about anything. Agree. You have drivers, you have cooks, you have maids, you have everything. And all of a sudden you're thrown out in this world just because you wanted to pursue something you wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like it's a sticky subject. I understand, I completely understand, but I saw it in real life and I got scared. <laughs> I surely my dad wouldn't do it, but I was like, okay, if they can live and live their own lives, then that that's what that was what hit me when I realized like, oh wow, like I am actually so blessed that I have a dad that keeps pushing on me and bugging me here to go abroad and I felt like okay it's it would be selfish and it would be like it would I would feel bad for not going for it if I have the opportunity you know exactly it's like the like the magic happens outside of your comfort zone well <laughs> tell that to 18 year olds <laughs> I didn't understand that I, knew I was it. living in such a bubble no, I knew it because I had a, I had an older, I have an older sister, and she actually moved to the country I went to when I was nineteen, and I knew that, like, once I go outside, my life will start like for real, but I, of course, I was extremely afraid. And let's talk about being afraid moving abroad. How was it for you? <laughs> petrified, petrified. There's not a word. Like I'm telling you, I had like my stepbrothers. Like the oldest one, I he we have sixteen year old gap. So he like he was already a teenager. He did not care about me when I was born. And the second one, uh, we have a ten year gap. And with the second one, he went to Oxford Brookes University. So I was visiting him. That's how I implanted that in my mind when I was ten years old. And we start, when he started university, I was like, okay, this 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 looks fun. This looks like a nice country. So that's how it all started. But because of Brexit, I thought I wouldn't make it um, because I had four-year um, vocational studies, right? So, and it was just in time with Brexit. So I was like, okay, I missed my opportunity because I'll still have to, like, I have to finish my fourth year. But then Brexit got postponed. Again, talking about coincidences, not coincidences. <laughs> Brexit got postponed. So I basically jumped on the last train. Um, and got here but before I got here for two weeks before my flight I could not sleep I could not eat <laughs> I was emotional wreck I was I knew I was going completely alone nobody was you know but like usually for students like oh my mom is coming oh this and that is coming and I was going with like three large suitcases completely alone for the first time ever in my life somewhere alone I like I have only traveled in like big groups or like with friends but not completely alone here I am coming to the to London I can completely relate people, to you where 10 all million my people friends, are living all my friends always get their parents coming or someone is picking them up and in most of the cases me I arrive and I'm like, okay, here I am. But I never had three luggages. That's extreme. No, yeah, I was, I was, listen, I was scared. <laughs> my dad, my dad was like, Laura, you're not going to a forbidden island. You're going to a proper, you know, country where they make stuff. Like, it's not like you won't have towels. And I was like, but just in case. <laughs> so- it's silly it's silly now to look back at it but it was me I'm like I I lived by it I was spoiled I was living in my comfort zone and you know it's just funny to look back at it now but yeah that was when I was 20 when I moved (laughs) yeah very very like you which uh, which university do you applied for where are you studying now I'm studying now at Middlesex University uh, I had, uh, so I I decided to go with a company in Riga that helped me with um, with all the paperwork. So I could choose five universities. I got offers to all of them. But I wanted to go to Greenwich. My top two was Middlesex and Greenwich uh, because both of them have good uh, law faculties. Um, but 
I felt like, okay, I asked a very honest question. I asked the, the consultant, I was like, if, where, if what would you choose? Like, if you see those two universities, what, what's the difference? You know, you've been there, you, you know how it is. And he told me, well, I can't give you advice, but I can tell you that Middlesex is like a brand new university, modern type of university. And Greenwich is like old school, like, and then mm -hmm. I remembered when my stepbrother was studying in Oxford, his girlfriend at that time was studying law. And she was telling me that the main difference between modern type of universities and old school, like old type universities like Oxford and Emmerich and any of them, it's basically the teaching types is the old school where you, if you're, she was explaining it because she was studying law. So she was like, if it's old school, then you're going through all the theory, all the history, everything, you're reading loads. And like, it's more like just remembering everything, right? Versus modern type is giving you um, live examples, having like people, judges, lawyers coming over, giving their own insights or lecturers. Everyone is like in the industry, um, and I don't have to, yeah, I have to still read a lot, but the, the focus is on understanding the laws rather than just remembering everything. Because that's, that's also what some students do. They just learn everything by book and just write it out. But it's not how it works. You can't really, like, even in the work, workplace, you have to understand what you're doing, right? So that's why, but that's the, why I went for that. Okay. The first year you moved to camp, did you move to campus dorms or you lived in apartment? Yeah, so I lived in halls. Uh, in my first year, I lived like 30 minutes from campus because I wanted bigger halls, uh, like bigger rooms because in London, rooms are very tiny. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted bigger ones, but then I quickly moved out. I lived, so I moved, I had, my university started at 1st of October and I was out by mid-December because I had a neighbor that was just crazy. I can't tell you enough. My neighbor, like she was living in the room next to me and we were sharing a kitchen. This girl was waking me up at 5 a.m., slamming the doors, hitting the walls, screaming in her own language I have no clue what she's saying but she's screaming and nobody would believe me nobody I was complaining I was like listen oh. I have uni I have basketball I can't keep up with this like 5 a.m every single day <laughs> so and I have uni at like 10 so if I'm up at five I'm already exhausted I can't really go back to sleep so it was just madness and then I complained and then another big thing that's in UK so basically I came over to the receptionist and I was like, I want to complain because it's getting ridiculous. I can't sleep and like I'm paying all this money for what? And then the first thing was like, are you racist? Because she was from India. And I was like, no, I just want to sleep. That's it. I think I, I signed the contract saying that there's like a quiet hour, which is like from, I don't remember, like midnight till eight or nine that you should stay quiet. I was like, this is not even like, oh, I'm, I, and then they were like, maybe it's a different time zone. I was like, I would understand that. But then again, she's banging the walls. It's not but like, weren't oh, you afraid? I, at the end, I was already, I was, I was already, there was, uh, we can talk this in another episode <laughs> because living situation is a whole nother subject. I've moved so many times. But uh, yeah, her husband came over even uh, to complain about me and to like put me in my place. And then she was like, he wanted to start a fight and I was just petrified. I was like, I'm in this, this kitchen alone with this girl and with her husband. Um, but every, nothing, nothing happened, but I moved out quickly. <laughs> I was like, out. Damn, so then that's enough to, to live like nearly, yeah, two and a half months. That's a lot to live with the person that wakes you up every day at yeah, five was, banging was... your doors. And even I was so, so used to her yelling or screaming. I had to film this. I still have videos. 
I filmed it to show the receptionist because they were like, oh, maybe you're racist. Oh, maybe you're just like a brat, you know, you, you, maybe you're just spoiled. And I was like, no, it's, it's not, it's on purpose. It's, she's deliberately doing this and nobody would believe me. Um, so it, like, you need to be careful with that uh, if you're in UK. Um, but yeah, eventually I just left. It was the best decision. I just left and I moved to, I just changed halls to um, the ones that are right across uni. So I would have to just wake up, cross the street, and I'm in class. That's great. That was, That's great. That was a, that was very nice. That was very nice. But then COVID hit, so all of the, like most people in my halls left. So I was for seven months. I was alone in this huge house, huge building, completely alone. I couldn't get back home. I got six canceled flights because Latvia kept extending lockdowns. So yeah, that's that's. What well, this experience okay. taught you because it's very harsh to be by yourself for seven months. Yeah, it was also for the first time in my life I'm alone. Um, so it was very humbling to say the least. Um, it was very hard emotionally because not only so the lockdown started here in March and I got home end of July. Mm, no, I got home end of June. Yeah. But it's still so enough. I would say it's months. still enough. Yeah. But I was just trying my trying my best not to go insane. <laughs> because, you know, I had my own schedule. I was, I was like in a rhythm. I was like, yeah, studying, going to uni, going to gym before, after, going to the basketball practice, coming back home. Like I had a full week just full of activities. I didn't have like a would have maybe one one day where I would just let myself do whatever because it was so fulfilled uh, that I wouldn't have time for myself and all of a sudden it's all wiped out and you just have your four walls <laughs> because tiny rooms yeah <laughs> tiny rooms and you're just trying your best not to go insane but I was like that silly enough but that was I can't I am telling this to everyone um but not not for one day I felt bored like I still I was working out because I was like yeah if just in case this ends I'm still in good physique <laughs> I can still run but I uh, just a question out. could you like, yeah. yeah you said you, you could go out just when I went to ask no could you actually you leave the room like, uh, you could go like technically by laws you could go out for two hours a day uh, but and they can follow you because they have CCTV cameras on every corner. Um, but you know, two hours. But I was because I was living alone. Technically, by laws, I could go uh, and meet someone that lives separate too. But I didn't know anyone because everyone left. So I was just going for runs. Um, going, you can go to grocery store. Or like you would have to fit everything in those two hours when you think you're ready. But I mean, so many people, uh, you, like there were still people on the street, especially with the good weather. It was such hot spring. Heat waves are coming in. Everyone was like trying to get out of the house, but obviously it was very controlled. So mm. yeah. And uh, the thing you studied, you studied law, but do you have anything more specific or it was very general? So I, you can choose in England, you can choose pathways. I didn't because at that time I didn't want to trap myself into something specific because the first year you can't choose anything. In the second year, you can choose one module and in the third year, you can choose two modules. So I chose this year, I chose medical law and company law. Uh, so that's more like niche like that I want to go because if you choose pathways it's like criminal law European studies with politics and everything uh human rights it's more like that but I'm not into politics neither am (laughs) I also also it's very hard to understand for me at least speaking only for myself but in my first year it was very hard to understand human rights when there is no really such thing in Latvia as human rights you wouldn't go to a, someone and say like oh you breach my human rights of living you, you don't hear these things so that's why it was very different for me I can't be really passionate about it if I never experienced it so that's why I didn't choose any pathways 
And how are the studies? Are they hectic there or are they more chill than you expected? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I didn't know what really to expect because that international school, I graduated, I was at the top of the class. I got a medal and everything. So I was like, yeah, it's easy for me. I'm like, I'm quick to learn, right? But then I came here and in my first exam, I'm like trying to write an essay and it was an essay type of question. And I look over the girl next to me and I could see that the whole exam paper is completely different. This whole structure is different. Obviously I can see what she's too far. I can see what she's writing, but I could see even like the gaps in between that they make gaps in between paragraphs. I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna fail this one. So I failed my first exam again, first, First failed exam in my life. First things for everything. <laughs> First things for everything. Listen, I was devastated, but I kind of, I kind of knew. Like I was, let's be realistic. I knew. I saw that, and and I was like, there's no point of continuing because I'm already halfway, and I know I will. I'm, there's no way I can finish it. Then um, January came, and I uh, had my second exam in the same module, and. Um, <laughs> that one that was a humble lesson because my classmate was like Laura don't worry you'll get it she was like putting so much attention and effort and I'm forever grateful um, and she was trying her best to help me but then again she already she's from Canada and Canada so basically the degree that I get here I can use in uh, Arab Emirates in uh, Canada in Australia all the Commonwealth countries. So it's a very diverse degree, right? And she's coming from Canada, so she already knows it. She already knows the structure and all the educational system. So for her to explain is really like, just more like a in positive encouragement rather than actually explaining, but I'm a visual learner. So all it, all it would take, show me one example, show me one essay and I would get it. But because of data protection and plagiarism, they can't. So they are just trying to go around it, but it's just so confusing. Um, and then I felt the second one. <laughs> I got even worse grade than in the first one. Oh, no. And, all, and, <laughs> and I'm, I got my grade on Friday. I was crying the whole way. I was going to the gym with the Canadian girl. I was came just crying. I was devastated. I was like, how? I was studying I knew I thought I got it and then on Tuesday I got my uh, lecture in that module and I was waiting for two hours for feedback so basically I'm on edge of crying I can't even the professor is asking for my student number and whatnot so he can find my uh, my my work and I'm like please tell me what's wrong. <laughs> oh, we laugh now, but back then it was very sad. <laughs> uh, this poor man looks at me. He doesn't know what to do with me because I'm holding in the tears. I, at this point, I already told my dad, I'm going back. There is, that's it. Like, I, it's the second time. I don't need another proof that I don't get it. Because I was like, I'm so sure I understand the laws. I read all the books. I read everything. I was really prepared. And my dad was like, just don't please go home. Just survive there. Just hold it. Like, people are failing exams. It's not that deep. And I was like, it's my second exam. Your <laughs> dad is such a cheer cheerle cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. He was like, there's no way you're flying back. I was like, watch me. Watch me. <laughs> I will fly back. <laughs> and he was so upset he didn't know what to do because I'm stubborn he knows that so he knew there's a high chance that I will just drop it and leave it um but then I went for the feedback he was like just please go for the feedback maybe it's not that bad I was like I got a worse grade than the first one <laughs> what else do you need but basically my professor failed me on purpose he was like you would get that if you for this work you would get like two one so basically you have first class two one two two three yeah you would get two one which is quite quite good for a first year i would say it's really good and i was like but but he was like i didn't like your structure like you were like basically you have to say case uh, uh the law uh then 
application to the problem because you have a problem situation usually and then the case uh, as an example um, and I was messing it up so he was like yeah no <laughs> failed I was like you could have given me a pass you could give me 40% just pass I would learn the lesson and he was like no I know you can do better so I'll see you in May and then I imagine I was ready to hop on that flight. <laughs> and now I realized that, okay, it wasn't that bad. It's just, you know, a humble lesson. Humble lesson. It's life. It's life. But how did you, how did it end up? Did you pass both those exams? So, yeah. So basically now, no detention comes over. Like I have my last exam. This is it. This is it. This is either I make it or fake it. Um, and then, Basically, because I had to cover the lost percentage from the previous exams I failed. So I had to get even more percent percentage than just the pass, right? And then basically because I had I, like I made my own schedule, like learning schedule over COVID. So it was quite unhealthy. I was studying overnight and um, and uh, going to sleep during the day, waking up like midday and then taking some time for myself and then going back into full study mode, which is absolutely ridiculous. Wouldn't suggest that to anyone. But for that time, you didn't have anything to do. You're already in a lockdown. What else? Um, so then I ended up getting, so from 458 students, uh, I was at the top of the class. For that exam, I got the highest mark out of 450 people. Congratulations. So, That's yes, excellent. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. First yeah. time that, a was charm. Like, that I was crying. I was crying because that that was literally make it or break it. Like if I would if I would fail that one, I would get to the lower class law degree, which it's in England it's piece of paper. There's no point of it. So that would mean I would just either have to start again year one, which is ridiculous, right? Or just, you know, change like change degree, which at that point I didn't want to. I was like, if I'm already in, in this mess, I'm finishing it. <laughs> but what would you suggest to someone who would come to England or any other country, be in the same position where you fail not once, but twice? What would you suggest that kind of what would you suggest to your younger self to my younger self i got really lucky for my support system i like like i said i didn't know anyone when i came here and luckily i um i made friends with this canadian girl that was in my class um and she's been my ride or die ever since uh and vice versa and so we are always trying to help each other and be the encouragement. And also I would say I got lucky because my dad just didn't want to accept a no for an answer. <laughs> so I got, I got really, I'm really blessed and lucky that I have the support system that I had back then uh, and it's even stronger now. Um, but it's difficult because I don't like, I, it was mid COVID, like the COVID just started. So you're like, you know, it's very hard when you're in, in, in your tiny, tiny room, the, the shoebox size room. <laughs> and, and then you're just trying not to, like, because it's very easy that you have all this time in the world, right? You get tired from just existing. So to have that outlook, like to have people that have different perspective, I would say a different perspective, get out of your comfort zone and um, meaning the same way as I don't really have friends that are Latvian here or Russian for that matter. Really, I have a couple that are Russian, but most of them are all from all around the world. And that would say that different perspective and that like one, okay, the same Canadian girl when she was like, yeah, but people usually fail exams. It's okay. Like, what is this Laura fix up <laughs> or like, yeah, even to hear like that my dad said, like, I never knew, but he, back in his days, 
he he failed a couple of exams too and i was like wow i've been taught to be this a-level student not fail a test not fail a thing and then all of a sudden everyone is failing around me and i'm like where were you before (laughs) (laughs) to show you more strength (laughs) yeah so i would say definitely that try to get out of comfort zone i know it's depressing it's very hard it's very the tension is still there for the like the whole year it was like oh it's still five percent right it's not that deep it's five percent I would look back at it now, it's only 5%. It's not like I have to catch up like 20, 30, 50 points or percents. Um, But yeah, it's very like, you just have to stay positive, uh, stay hopeful, maybe put attention um, to what's lacking. uh, And like I always say, start with yourself. See in any instance, not only studying. In any instance, start with yourself. See what's what. What could you do better? What's what's stopping you from being better version of yourself, or what's stopping you from achieving that result? Exactly, like, that's very well said. But you're now in your second year, aren't you? How is it going? No, I'm in. I'm in my third year, my last year. Uh-huh. Um, this year, I would say I am so used to everything. I've been through COVID. I've been like because when I just started, I could still. I had a like a free trial of student life, right, for a couple of months before COVID started, <laughs> so I could still kind of enjoy this student life but not really and then the whole year it was COVID year and a half year around that so I was the whole studies were online so again most my second year all my second year I was just just at home and I was living but then I was living in a house uh, with four more girls and then again it was mentally hard because you can like all of us were studying different things right but all of us are in the same boat as in like we are in lockdown, then out of lockdown, then Christmas is coming, we can go home, some of them could go home. So and then off top, it's online studies, which is emotionally draining, physically draining, it's just draining in general. Um, so you like, for me, it was always seeing them break down, because they would as soon as they would break down, like they were like, it's like a domino effect one breaks down mm. for two weeks for a month they're out they they're they look depressed they are just they don't want to see you they don't want to hear about you and it's it creates this tension in the house and it drags everyone in it so for me it was mostly just I, I was trying to remind myself just don't go that rabbit hole <laughs> because it's like I, I I understood like I don't want to repeat the same struggles I had in my first year right I still wanted to pass uh, all my modules get good grades and still get something out of it but it was just emotionally very hard to see all these people go through so much pain Um, and yeah it was mostly that I feel like we will need another episode called Flatmates from Hell or something (laughs) no I'm about it listen I've like I lived so I lived, at first I lived in one horse, changed to another horse, but then, ah, then, then too, I had not my flatmate, but I had incidents there too, even I was like, I moved there in gen, like end of December, January, and till March when COVID started, imagine like three months, but I still got some good stories. <laughs> from neighbors from hell and then yeah when I moved to the house and living in COVID it was a whole disastrous year but luckily now I moved to um, a completely new apartment building um, completely new house everything everything is nice big apartment spacious we have rooms we have, all of us are students but it was just a very good coincidence that I was looking so when I came back just now from when I was back in Latvia this summer uh three days before my flight my landlord called me that he's not continuing the contract with me and I was over there in Latvia for three months living my best life thinking I yeah for the first time I don't have to move and then yeah he was like yeah Laura I'm kicking you out and I was like I'm I have a flight in three days what do you mean (laughs) 
Oh what do you mean? I'm not happy about this. What is this? Um, and it was like it was so stressful. I hate like I love stability in my life. I'm trying to create stability as much as I can. But life doesn't just agree with hit that. me. Just hit me so hard. I was in such shock. I had to pull out. I was driving when he called. I had to pull over and for 30 minutes I was just blanking in the start, like in the in the skies, and just thinking, what just happened? Um, but yeah, luckily I found I just had to get here, so I changed my flights to a week earlier than I anticipated to go. Um, my landlord, I thank God I negotiated that with my landlord um, and with with the knowledge of laws, <laughs> I negotiated that he lets me stay until I find something. And I said, believe me, I will get out as soon as I can. Just let me, let me, just give me some time. Um, and everyone is already gone by that time. I was supposed to stay there and then new tenants would come. Um, but, but yeah, and then I, I was going around looking for apartments, for rooms, for houses, house share and whatnot. And I was um, in this one house that I was thinking, okay, this is a really nice house, very fancy, very good. Didn't have much storage room because they were, the landlord was like, yeah, it's all for me. So I was like, okay, that's the only minus, but okay, it's, it's a good room, it's close to uni. I, all I cared about is close to uni. Um, and then I was like, can I meet the landlord? Because that, that meeting was only with the agent. And he was like, yeah, come over at eight. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yeah, then work, come over, just knock on their door and have a blast. And I was like, I, I didn't understand if this man is joking or not. How would you imagine some stranger? Because it was like an open house viewing. So everyone was booked for like 15 minutes and the whole day was booked. So imagine that house was seen by like hundreds. And <laughs> now everyone's coming at eight. Hello, can I meet you? Because I might live here. So then I can, but then I had like five hours still left and I was living nearby. So I came back home and I was thinking, oh, maybe I should should check more of this area. And then I came over for um, an advert that was posted like a couple hours ago or something. And uh, basically two students from my university uh, were looking for um, the third person to rent out uh, this apartment because the, the guy that they found, he just ditched last minute so it was like no London is not for me <laughs> and they had like a contract like they already signed the deposit contract and you have another contract coming in and it was like yeah I need to moon everyone for everyone you need starting right so it was a lot of pressure and a lot of stress but now it's good that's good in which part of the London do you live I live in northwest London um, because my university is not so Greenwich is more like an almost central, right? That's why I could understand why is it um, crowded, <laughs> crowded, and like all the city life and everything. But my university, because it's more like sports based, so we have a lot of like we have like fifty teams of like everything, everything you can imagine. Um, so they're more focused on that. So that's why the campus is more outside um, central. Uh, but it's still, I, I really enjoy living here because it's more peaceful. It's still a lot of people here, don't get me wrong. But it's not the overcrowdiness that is in central London. And also it's very quick. Like for me to get to central London, it's like half an hour by tube. So if, if I really need to, then I can go. But yeah. Same. Greenwich is like where I live in Greenwich in London. Uh, it's it's okay. I never wanted to go to central London because I knew it will be mad. And I was very happy to be in my kind of, like, not even bubble, I wouldn't say that, but in my area yeah. around there. No, Greenwich is like a bubble. I would say Greenwich yeah, is like is. a bubble because you get out of it, it nothing seems the same. Exactly. But that's the thing what I like about London. That's what I like nothing about London. Nothing looks the same. Nothing looks the same. Like, you could, even from where I live, it's all, like, skyscrapers, new buildings, new area completely. And uh, You would go 10 minutes to one side or, like, 15 minutes, and it's all old houses. 
uh, and then you would go like 15 minutes more with the bus and you go to Finchley and so like you know all the bars and mm-hmm. like so it's it's completely different that's yes, why I, I like it to be agree. honest I completely uh-huh. agree like I have a question as this is your last year is it correct yeah as it's your last year what is the one thing you're looking most forward to graduating <laughs> <laughs> no I, I I can't lie it does these two years have been amazing uh, I would suggest anyone to move like I am trying even now when I go back and I meet people that I knew like years ago I'm like there's still a chance still go still apply you can't grow in the same environment you grow up in and and also I found people that are like-minded or that support me no matter what as in like we we are completely different people obviously but they're still like encouraging and and positive which I didn't get back in Latvia so now it's quite it's I still it's quite weird for me to have this support system um but the one thing I'm looking for is to finally graduate this law school um, because it's been a journey. I don't know. I re- truly realized only now during COVID in my last exams when I had five hour exams and for one exam. So I had four exams, one verbal exam and three written exams. And to prepare for one exam, I have to read 1000 page book. Um, and you have to the good thing. I have to understand them. I don't have to memorize them by like mm-hmm. words exactly. So I could still make notes of them and use them. But um, but still, <laughs> you know, when it's, it's a like lot. Squished in one in one month. Basically, all the exams I had in one month with like a week difference. How often so you're did... sorry to interrupt. How often did you have exams? So usually May, um, end of April slash beginning of may is when the exam season is um but you still you still still have to go through a lot of uh information and and that's why i that's the funny thing i kind of hate it but i miss it at the same time (laughs) so once you go past it it's it's ridiculous it's it's so hard it's emotionally draining it's you, you you hate it so much but once you get past it, it's so rewarding that it, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, bring on next exam. <laughs> Let's go. But it's only after you receive the results, obviously. <sighs> one thing. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like one thing I realized is that it's law degree is not for everyone. I'm telling you, like, don't get your hopes up. I know people told me before I came, like the first thing was like, oh, are you sure law degree? Law degree is very hard. And, but the thing is, I like, I like a challenge. I'm thriving when challenged. I am like, yes, bring it on, right? So for me, it was like, yeah, I know it will be hard. Don't worry, we'll get there. This mentality worked till end of COVID and then it's because I truly did not understand why people are struggling like I mean I'm mm, on fence like I would understand in some parts but mostly it was like okay if you have if you're good at analytic like if you have analytical thinking if you're good at researching it shouldn't be that hard but now I realize that it's not for everyone it's the mental aspect of it that gets to people and um, I've seen over even over the COVID I've seen so many tragic stories that happens to students and it's like a survival it was a survival mode um, and not everyone can do it so don't go for a law degree be pre- or if you're going forward just be prepared I think there are people that either know they really want to do it and there are people that watch Legally Blonde and thought it will be fun <laughs> Yeah, no, this is the thing that I say in my first year. They're like, literally in one of the first lectures, they're like, if you think this is something, this is going to be like in suites in the TV show, then you are t- you can leave now. You can get up and leave now. They're like, you can get up now. And I, we had people that got up and left. Um, because obviously they were like, you know how many people uh, failed first year in my class? So we were like around 500 
overall or obviously over the year it, it, it goes down a bit so at the end it was 458 i think 50 something basically and it was 70 percent drop out away so 70 percent didn't finish uh, their first year wow. they could they fell either failed exams either dropped out 70 percent 70 jesus it's more than a half. <laughs> yeah but I'm very, like, like, I must say, I'm very proud that even though it was very, very hard beginning for you, you went through it and you passed as the best grade in no. class or in Just a year or whatever. Was... Like, really, congratulations. I know it wasn't an easy journey and it was very mentally that difficult. You were about to buy flights back home. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a highlight. I already have, I'm already prepared. Um, I had, in my second year, I had this lecturer that was, he was just a, a sweetheart. He's from Ireland and he's just so passionate about what he does. And he was like, he sent, uh, so we were only eight girls in his class. He chose only eight best students. Um, and so we were only eight girls and he sent us an email right before exams. It was like, that said like, uh, just remember that exams do not define you. It's what you do for others and how you treat others is what defines you. And to hear that from a man that has achieved so much, he's like, he's a, um, he had passed the bar in New York. He's working all around UK. Like he is like a proper up there um, lawyer. And to hear that from someone that has already achieved that. And he's like, oh yeah, exams are not define you. So I already know I will make a picture with him on my graduation, made it. <laughs> and then I'll put uh, this quote. I already saved it. Uh, I'll put his quote and then I'll put, the, I have only one picture with that, a, uh, with that um, uh, grade where I'm at the top of the class, the first one in the class. Because like once you pass down the, uh, so let's say even in my second year, I couldn't see my grades from my first year. So you can only see it for that one time period. So I only had that, but I already know this will be my the highlights of my, of my law degree. But That's yeah. really great. I, I'm really, I must say, I enjoy this conversation a lot. And I definitely will have you another time for that <laughs> flatmates from hell. I'm looking no for because I have horrible out. experiences as well in many countries. But just to wrap up this session, I want to ask you a last question from living these past two and almost a half crazy years. What was your best takeaway? Best takeaway? Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your country. Get just, if it's scary, just take it. I feel like when it gets so scary that you don't know what to do, it's, it's, it's the sign. Just do it. Just do it because my life changed so much. Okay, my life took 180, like completely new, everything, environment, friends. But then along the way, I put... Um, I put myself a goal. I wanted to be the most authentic self. I told myself, okay, we already started this. Might as well just find myself and you can do this because you're in a new environment. You don't have parents nagging at you. You should do this. You should do that. Um, and also you find like-minded people. You, you see the world. You see different cultures. You see all the things that you wouldn't see. For example, let's say from Latvia, right? Because Latvia is such a small country. People usually don't know where is Latvia. Everyone knows where is Lithuania for some reason. Or like half <laughs> people, I'm like, oh, I'm from Latvia. And they're like, oh, Lithuania, yeah? <laughs> so like, I, like, I like those people that are like, ask where are you from? I'm from Latvia. Oh, I know someone from Lithuania. And I'm like, what can I do now? <laughs> I don't know. They get stressed out. Uh, most of the times people have no clue. They Because of my last name, because you say it differently in English, they think I'm like from Africa or something. But then I'm clearly white. So they're like, where are you from? And I'm like, Latvia. And oh. Oh, exotic. <laughs> 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 truly no i have literally i have people ask me to show proof of my family if this is these are my genes because i said like oh my dad just had like russian side you know good genes with all the girls that like 
female side of the family is good looking. So they even asked for pictures with my cousins, with my nieces, with what, everything. So it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's, it's the, yeah, I mean, I can't blame them. We are only two million in this world. Or they try when they when you say you're Latvian, they start speaking Lithuanian. They would say start saying words in Lithuanian, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I like also how do you people, even like I like when I'll people ask me up. like oh you're from Latvia so it's a part of Russia and I'm like damn you no it's not so thank you for, for participating and I see you very soon and bye you guys see you, see you next episode bye